and welcome back to Panda Cast. I am Rambara Panda, and today I am doing a solo cast, and I am going to be talking about my experience going to Jacksonville last week for AEW's Blood and Guts. Now, if you listen to the other podcast that I'm part of, the Nerd Rage Renegades, which if you do not listen to them, you should go check it out. I have talked the last two episodes about this event and not only my thoughts on the results, but also kind of the struggle that it was for me to get there to begin with. Blood and Guts was originally supposed to happen in New Jersey last year. And because of the pandemic, they shut the whole country down two weeks before it was supposed to happen. I was supposed to go to the event in New Jersey and the original card for the Blood and Guts was supposed to be the Inner Circle versus the Elite with Matt Hardy. That sort of turned into what was the stadium stampede in a way. And it was good. But yes, the original Blood and Guts supposed to happen in New Jersey with still the Inner Circle, but they added in for the Elite they have added in the pinnacle. So I think everyone that was supposed to be at that New Jersey show just kind of assumed that they're pushing back blood and guts. And once the world opens back up and touring is happening and everything that they will be doing it there. What it will be, we don't know. I mean, the inner circle and the elite don't really have a storyline right now, but if they announce in July that they're operating again. I believe that right now, as of recording this, the New Jersey show is rescheduled for September. So there's plenty of time to kind of maybe work an angle back in, depending on how much they have thought out for the future. But then it was announced a few weeks ago, probably like a month ago at this point. Um, that they were going to be doing Blood and Guts in Jacksonville on May 5th. And it was going to be the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. And as soon as I said that, I was like, I should go. You know, um, I had been wanting to go to a show at Daly's Place during the pandemic. This entire time since they've started allowing crowds, I've been wanting to go to Daly's Place because, I mean, that's sort of... AEW's home in a way. I mean, Tony Khan um, is in charge and owns the Jaguars and Daly's Place is just an extension of that stadium. And so while wrestling doesn't necessarily have a home, Daly's Place has is the home of AEW. So I wanted to go and experience it there. And as soon as they announced Blood and Guts, I was just like, you know... I was supposed to go to this event and now it's obviously they're still going to have the show in New Jersey. I'm guessing it's now no longer going to be a blood and guts show, but it will be something. It will still be great, whatever they do, but I was supposed to see this event. So I would still like to see it in person. So I'm going to look into going. So I looked into it. The plane tickets were pretty cheap. The boarding there was pretty cheap, but the tickets for the actual event hadn't gone on sale yet. So I couldn't, you know, get everything. And then WrestleMania weekend happened. And WrestleMania weekend, 
I talked about it with Spin in the last episode that we recorded. I did not release that part of the footage. I might make it into like a little mini episode at some point and release it. So if you guys just have a random WrestleMania opinions thing that comes out, it was pre-recorded. I just don't know exactly what to do with it. There were some issues with the recording. And so it's not a complete episode. It's sort of like jumps in in a weird spot. But a lot of it was really good. So I'll probably use it for something. I just don't know what yet. But during WrestleMania week, they had fans in the stadium, which is good. But they really weren't great at regulating anything. There wasn't really much social distancing. There wasn't any regulations or people that were like mandating that masks be worn. You can see many people on camera around the ring in the audience that are clustered and that also just do not have masks, just do not care. I live in New York and while I'm not, I'm not one of those people that just stereotypes everyone. There are a lot of people here that are like, oh, well, it's Florida. Like that's just Florida. And I don't want to say that because I don't necessarily believe that, but I just, seeing that many people in a building and then all of them not taking precautions and just doing whatever they want it it really gave me a lot of anxiety about traveling and so I had to think for a while like I was planning on going to blood and guts and I've gone and watched the AEW shows where they have fans and all of them seem to be wearing masks and everyone always talks about how everyone there is respectful of the guidelines and like wears the masks and everything. And, and so I don't have a reason to believe that the same thing is going to happen in Jacksonville that happened at WrestleMania, but just seeing WrestleMania just literally made me not want to go on vacation ever again. So finally, it was just sort of decided for me, like, you're going to Jacksonville. Like, I'm only planning on going for a day. Everyone's telling me to take longer. I only went for a day. And so I went, I got on a plane. It was a kind of annoying flight. And I got to Jacksonville. I did like literally two things. And then I went right to Daly's place and I went to Blood and Guts. And I do not regret the experience, but I would not go to another show um, for the foreseeable future, like maybe the next month or two, just because I think that there are some things that need to be worked out. I think that they literally announced that Florida was allowed to open at like full capacity the day before I went, but obviously it's not going to change that quickly. So got on a plane, went, got there. They temperature checked everybody, made sure everyone had a mask. Um, they sent you a link to pre-order merchandise. So everything was very like no lines really. It was just a very seamless transition. So overall, I really liked what they were doing. So after I got there, I got my free poster, which I still need to hang up. And I got the little bit of merch. I got um, the official Blood and Guts shirt. I had actually bought the original one that just had Blood and Guts on it to wear in New Jersey. And so I wore that to the event. And then I bought the official new one once I got there. And they also were selling um, 
damaged action figures of various ones. So I was supposed to get the um, newer edition of the Hangman Adam Page. It was, in fact, just the one that came out in Series 2. The box is a little bit damaged, but I got it. So that was pretty cool. If you guys do go, they do have some action figures. They are in damaged packages, but if you're like me and you have like one that's in a box and then you have one that maybe you want to open, getting them there, if you have the opportunity, they're cheaper than even if you were to find it at Walmart. Um, this was actually the cheapest that I've ever seen the figures. So buying it directly through AEW at the live events would be a good investment if it's something that you don't necessarily want for a collector's item, but you just want to have it to open it and play with it because the boxes are damaged, um, but it's cheaper than if you found it pretty much anywhere else. So once you got there, the biggest question for me was, what am I going to be watching? Are the four matches that are happening before this, are they going to happen live? And then they're going to be doing blood and guts in the stadium. Are they going to have the four matches pre-recorded and then do blood and guts live? Are they hopefully not going to have the four matches live and then blood and guts is pre-recorded? Is it going to be all live somehow? Like, what are you walking into? Because the way that they would advertise it, it was different every time. Every time you would read the comments, the fans would be saying different things are going to happen. So to me, just from my perspective, I had no idea what I was getting into. I talked about it on the Nerd Rage podcast. And honestly, I was mainly going for blood and guts. So I knew that the possibility that I was going to be watching a screen for most of the time was very real, but I was willing to take that risk. The one issue that I did have um, with this experience was whenever I bought my tickets for Blood and Guts, they had announced beforehand that all the tickets are $25. No matter where you sit, any of that, it's all $25. And so the morning that they went on sale, I was in line at Ticketmaster and then the tickets pop up and they're all various prices. Most of them were $34.50. There were some that were like, I want to say like 40 something dollars. And I was confused. I was like, oh, well maybe this price already has the fees. So it's $34.50 plus fees. So I got my ticket and then there are fees on top of the $34.50. So it's like, okay, your base ticket price is $34.50 when they said it was going to be $25. And then you're paying, I think, another like $11.25 in fees. So it ended up being like $40 to $50. The original tickets I had were going to be like 60 something because of the fees, um, which because I saw the final price, I thought that maybe they did a pre-sale. And so I thought that maybe I was buying like a, a resale ticket because of the price. So I put it back and then I realized afterwards, like, oh, this was a real ticket. It's just, it wasn't $25 like they had advertised. So the ending ticket ended up being like $47, I think. And then whenever you went to the actual ticket receipt, that they sent you afterwards it was like yes the ticket was 25 and then the fees were 22 and I'm like that's not what you show so I don't know if that's an AEW thing or a Ticketmaster thing but I feel like that is some false advertising and also just some shady business practices to be like okay this is the ta- this is the cost and now this is the cost even like though I paid the same amount and seeing like what I paid versus the receipt and it being the same end amount having them break it down differently it just seems very shady. 
it seems very weird. I don't know what's happening with that. And I think that someone somewhere should look into it, but I don't got time for that. So in the event with all of my stuff and they did a good job at keeping people socially distanced. And for the most part, I would say that 85% of people were good about the masks. However, there were a lot more people than you see on TV not wearing them once they get in there. Like they had to have them to get in. And I didn't see anyone, at least in my section, that was like enforcing it. And I mean, I'm fully vaccinated and I actually had two masks on because I was just going to a different place for the first time and was just trying to take all the precautions. And I, I felt uncomfortable, but at the same time, I was like, you're already here. You flew all the way here. Like you're going to enjoy it. And I, I eventually just stopped thinking about it now watching it back on television. You know, there were a lot of people not wearing them. And it was the first televised event that they had where you could really see that. And most of the time, they only show the people that have them on correctly and have them on. This time, they showed a, a variety. So it was sort of exactly what I didn't want to happen. It happened. But, I mean, you're already there. What are you going to do? I mean, I'm, I'm alive. So I guess it's fine. It's just, you know, a year of being where I am and living the life that I live. It's like weird to just jump back into it in that way but everyone has to start somewhere so we're sitting there waiting for the event and tony khan comes out and gives a disclaimer and a welcome saying you know the only and and the the cage is set up so you know pretty much without him even saying it that blood and guts is going to be the only match that you see here live and the rest is going to be on the screen and that is exactly what he said like i'm so like you know, this, I guess it was advertised to be a one match event. I never saw that necessarily, but it could be that I just, you know, the, the show was called blood and guts. The match is called blood and guts. So if they say that, like the only match is going to be blood and guts, you just think like, okay, that's the event. Um, but all of the other four matches were on a screen. That's like the entrance screen. Whenever they, the wrestlers walk out and they play their entrance video, that's that's the screen that we watched it on and to my knowledge that's the only screen in Daly's place at least from my vantage point so the first four matches um the tag match between John Moxley Eddie Kingston versus Kenny and Michael Nakazawa the Britt Baker match the um four-man four-way tag and the QT Marshall Cody Rhodes match those were all broadcast from a screen but any cuts to the audience, any fan noise, fan reactions, that was all the people that were in the crowd that day on May 5th. I think they recorded it on Tuesday night. I might be wrong on that. Um, but everything that you saw from the fans was from that event, but we were watching a screen and reacting to it. And that was the first time that I've done something like that to my knowledge. And it was kind of weird. I was kind of like, okay, so basically this is me sitting here watching Dynamite, only I'm not seeing commercials and I'm not watching or hearing commentary. So it was interesting. It was kind of like I wanted to pay attention and I did pay attention to a lot of it, but some of it 
um I was like well like I'm gonna be watching this later so like you know if I need to take care of you know a message or do something on my phone like I'm not gonna be missing anything because I'm gonna re-watch it later anyway um as far as those matches go I thought that you know they were decent it was just weird watching them from a screen and not being like a cinematic match or something I think that my one question that I have about those four matches is I I've rewatched dynamite yesterday and I just don't understand how Cody started bleeding. It's like Cody Rhodes and the Rhodes, him and Dustin both kind of have, it's the joke of like, they bleed all the time. Like they must have the thinnest skin. Like they, they breathe and they bleed. And the ending to the Cody QT Marshall match you know, Cody makes QT submit, I believe. So he wins the match and then like, he just comes up and all of a sudden he's just bleeding like from his eye area. And like, I watched it back and like nothing really happened before then. (laughs) Like, it's just like Cody, like the bell rings and he just bleeds and it's just like everywhere. And I just don't understand. It's like, okay, this event was called blood and guts. And like, you need to start the bleeding early by bleeding now I I mean I don't think that it was something where he purposely like gigged himself but I something happened and he just started like shooting blood and it was very weird and it was just like out of nowhere like all of a sudden blood Cody breathes blood and that was very interesting but it was kind of bittersweet to see SCU in what I'm guessing um, prediction show for the dynamite that is on tomorrow is the Young Bucks versus SCU for the tag titles. And SCU has put a stipulation into all their matches that the next match that they lose, they're breaking up as a tag team. And I think that tomorrow, as of recording this, um, I think that tomorrow SCU will lose and that will be their last match together and it will be very sad for all of their fans and I am one of their fans because I followed them since I think when I started following indie wrestling they were one of the first two that I really knew about and learned about and followed and you know I've met them countless times and they're just really nice and really awesome guys and they've had such an amazing career And it's going to be sad to see them come to an end in a tag team capacity, whether Daniels retires for good from here, or he goes on to have a solo run before he retire retires. I'm not really sure, but it's going to be sad to know that I was at their second to last match, but it wasn't live. It was on a screen, but I still got to see it. So that's exciting but it still is just a little bittersweet the first stuff that they showed us live um the kenny and orange cassidy promo that happened that was live and then the miro best man um darby allen thing was live i believe the segment with darby where he was thrown down the stairs i believe that was pre-recorded and i'm just guessing that because you didn't see any fans or anything in that area as far as i know that was pre-recorded i will say that 
the Miro thing, it was, those things were kind of in the corner. We couldn't see them the best through the cage, but it was nice to see all of those people in person, even though they weren't wrestling. You know, I've never gotten to see Kenny Omega wrestle in person. Every time I would go to a Ring of Honor event, he was in Japan. And so he would come and do a thing on the screen, but he was never there. So it's nice to finally see him in person, even though he wasn't wrestling in person because he was on a screen when I saw him, as usual. But I did notice, if you watch that, they kind of made a mistake. They had him say that Orange Cassidy was the number two contender and Pac is the number one contender. And it's actually the opposite. Orange Cassidy is number one in the rankings and Pac is number two. And... As far as that goes, I would love to see Orange Cassidy beat Pac. You know, they've had a storyline together and Kenny and Pac have also had a storyline together. And I think it would be very interesting to see Kenny versus Orange Cassidy, especially since Kenny makes it sound like he doesn't do comedy wrestling. But we all know that Kenny Omega does some comedy wrestling and it's great. So I would love to see Kenny and Orange Cassidy at Double or Nothing, but we'll see what happens. Either way, either match is going to be great. And either way, unfortunately, Kenny is probably going to win. So it doesn't necessarily matter. And then we get to the event of the evening, the Blood and Guts match. You had the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. And I would just like to say that this event was amazing to see live. I do think that I liked it just a little. I loved being there. I love having the experience of being there live and then getting to go home and watch it back because you get sort of a whole different perspective because live you're seeing at one point all 10 men together in this structure at once. You don't know where you should be looking, what's happening, and because we've watched the entire thing on a screen. It wasn't a lot of WWE events will have screens up where they're kind of showing you what to look at. This one didn't. It was literally like, we've shown you a screen for the last hour. Here is the match. You know, this, the other screen that we were previously watching just said blood and guts on it. There weren't replays on it or anything like that, which is fine. I didn't want that. I didn't want anyone to be focusing on that. I wanted them to be watching the cage. But it was just interesting because there were a lot of times where it was like, okay, like nothing's really going on in that section. This section seemed like, what are they showing on TV right now? Like, what should I be watching? And so then to watch it on TNT and see like sort of all of the best spots and a lot of the spots, there were some things that. I at least personally did not notice Um, like at the end where the ring was sort of being taken apart and like you had all the padding and stuff being pulled back. I didn't remember seeing that um, in person. Like it, it definitely happened. They didn't reshoot it or anything, obviously, but I just didn't notice the padding moving. I think it was just because there were so many guys clustered in the area that you didn't necessarily notice the padding. I'm just speaking for myself. Maybe everyone else in Daily's Place noticed it. I'm just saying I didn't. Um, I remember certain things taking a lot longer than they did on TV, like the Sammy and Sean Spears 
thing where they're like balancing on the top rope and hitting each other. I remember that spot being like so much longer than it was on television. And the whole match in in person, it just seemed a lot. I feel like the match wasn't slow. It just seemed like time was slow. I think that by the time it started, there was around 50 minutes and it was like, okay, what are they going to do with this time? I loved the inner circle coming out with the prison jumpsuits with each individual's like hometown prison or correction center written on the back and going into it, you kind of knew this was going to be different than like what you see as a war games, kind of like what WWE and NXT have made this event. This is going to be different than that. And it definitely was it. I liked the idea of it was submission or surrender. There were no pinfalls and it was just, there was a lot of blood. I feel like I, you didn't realize in person, or at least I didn't realize in person how much blood there was. Um, like I knew that these people were injured, but even on my way home, like scrolling through online and seeing like Sammy's picture of like all of his bruises and like cuts and stuff. And even like FTR and like them having the bloody gear and stuff. I didn't realize, I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize there was that much blood. Like I knew there was blood, but I didn't realize there was that much. And then watching it back, I was like, oh my gosh, like this was an amazing event. And like, I was there and I saw it. It was amazing. And I think that it, it did what it needed to do. It showcased each individual, their strengths and their weaknesses. I think that having the refs on the outside was interesting. And I think that in the few instances where the, the performers, the wrestlers like fell in between the cage and the ring, I don't think that was supposed to happen. I think that was just sort of, there was a small gap and it accidentally turned into a larger gap. And I think the highlight of that match for me was Sammy and the various things that he did. I really liked the balancing thing that him and Sean Spears did, which I already talked about. I liked everyone sort of coming to face Wardlow when that part happened. And overall, I think that it was a successful event. Do I think they need to do it every year? I don't think so. I think that could be something that they just save for special occasions. I think that the pinnacle and the inner circle will continue to have a feud for a little while. So we'll see what happens with that. But the ending is sort of the thing that everyone ended up talking about. It was similar to the exploding barbed wire death match where some people were very underwhelmed. I will say that going into it and seeing that square structure, you I knew going into it that there was going to be something a reason for it to be there because it's not normally there that's not normally a thing that's there so I knew going into it that was part of blood and guts like this is going to be something I just assumed because Sammy's the one that always has all the crazy high spots that Sammy was going to somehow fall off the cage or be thrown off the cage or it was going to be a, a landing spot for Sammy Guevara 
what happened at the end in this uh, in person seemed like it was forever i was convinced that this was during a commercial break it was not during a commercial break but jericho and mjf climbing to the top of the cage in person that felt like it took like 10 minutes because mjf climbed up and was just up there hanging out and then jericho climbed up but it seemed like jericho was just climbing forever it literally felt like he was climbing for five minutes in person and he gets up there and you kind of know okay one of these guys is going to be going down i just kind of assumed jericho wouldn't want to take that fall because of his age and, and everything although it does make more sense for him to do it to kind of launch the pinnacle as being the heel faction. I didn't expect for Sammy Guevara and the inner circle to surrender the way that they did. I thought that maybe Jericho would be thrown and then they surrendered afterwards or something because it's very predictable. You surrender before the thing happens. The thing is still going to happen. You know, why they don't have someone else yeah, it was just a predictable thing. A lot of people were upset. Jericho falling through it, you know, it looked very padded. The like steel mat on it was not steel. It was like foam, which that's fine. I don't know. To me, it's like, even if Jericho wasn't 50 years old, even if he was, you know, even if it was Sammy, you're still taking a risk by falling from that height. And they've already had issues with Matt Hardy and just a bunch of other things that have gone wrong. You know, Sean Spears had the chair incident with Cody. Matt Sammy Guevara had the chair incident with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy had the fall incident um, with Sammy. And even this, when Jericho lands, it seems like he is so close to the edge of the structure that I almost think that he should have fallen a little less out to kind of land a little bit more in the middle. Because I feel like at least from my perception, I don't have depth perception. So maybe I'm over-exaggerating how close it was, but to me, it just seems like there are like a couple of feet and then he would have been like off, off of the structure. I mean, and the whole structure has a a lining. So eventually he would have landed on the wood instead of on the, whatever's on the inside of it. So there was still a risk in him falling on that, you know, he could have fallen wrong. It could have been just so many things. I think that it could have looked a little bit better. Yes, but it still has the same effect and it still ends with MJF, you know, them zooming in on him and his bloody face and him yelling, thank you and everything. And I think that the desired effect is still there. And especially when you have earlier on in the episode, you have Darby Allen being thrown down a flight of stairs and people are saying that that is unsafe and they're criticizing that while also saying that Jericho is that was dumb and shouldn't have looked they should have looked better they should have done something different and it's like you guys you can't have both you can't have something that's safe and unsafe and Darby is like a stunt person like he he very well could have gotten hurt during that. I'm not saying that he didn't get hurt, but he is sort of a stuntman. He, I, I might be wrong on this, but I want to say he's had like professional stunt training and there are ways to fall downstairs where it looks bad, but it's, it's safer. And he was wearing like a thicker jacket that may have had some padding in it. It still probably didn't feel great, but it wasn't as if 
you just like took a regular person and was just like chuck you down the stairs. So I think that there is no way of pleasing everybody. And I think that the ending of Blood and Guts was to me as perfect as it could be. Would I have liked to have seen the inner circle win? Absolutely. But it's just not what you're going to get with an event like this. It's meant to launch the pinnacle and the inner circle will come back whether they continue with the pinnacle or they move on to a different faction or something like that. I'm not really sure. What I would like to see from the inner circle is I would like to see Santana and Ortiz be seriously in the tag team picture. I feel like, you know, Jericho and Sammy were in it for, you know, they were going for it. And then when MJF was in the inner circle, it was Jericho and MJF. But you already have a tag team, like an established good tag team in this faction. Like, let them go for these titles. I would love for them to climb the ranks basically Young Bucks or SCU or whoever is the tag team champions by the time they're the number one contenders and for them to be the ones that bring gold back. And overall, I think that this was a great event. I loved it. I Tony Khan fully offered refunds to anyone that didn't want to sit there and watch screens. I do not believe that you were allowed to get a refund and then also stay at the show. I might be wrong. I do know that the refunds were no longer eligible once the Blood and Guts event started. Um, so I believe by reading online, only five people took the refunds. So five people, they didn't say exactly how many people were there, but I would say there are at least 1,500 people there, if not more. So five people out of that to me is a success. And those had to have been local people. Like there's no way that I'm flying in from New York. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get a refund and I'll just watch it on a screen anyway at home. So if you guys ever have the chance, I would definitely check out AEW Dynamite or pay-per-view or whatever they want to have at Daly's Place in Jacksonville. That whole area is so interesting. I wish, you know, if I, if I ever go back, I will spend more time exploring and seeing things because there are a lot of things to see there. And it's all connected and it's all just, it's, it's very interesting, you know, even during the screen part, it's like, okay, I can look at that door and know that that's the door that Moxley normally comes out of. And it's weird to like see him come out of it on a screen. And then you look over there and there's no one, there's nothing. It's like you could have at least like had them come out for that part, but they did a <sighs> one day next time I go, hopefully in September, I will be seeing whatever I see in person in New Jersey and it will be worth it. And there are already rumors, you know, AW is starting to tour. They announced yesterday as of recording this, um, they're doing a couple of shows in Florida and a couple of shows in Texas. So they're starting to tour again. And I, I don't know how I feel about that yet. Um, it's, it's just weird. I mean, I know that places are doing it not at full capacity, like in New York, all of our theaters and things are opened, but they're not at full capacity. So it'll be interesting to see what these places look like, what the restrictions are, all of that. I'm not going to be flying into any of these places. I probably won't go to another wrestling event until something is in New York or New Jersey. 
and that's all I have. So if you guys watched Blood and Guts, feel free to let me know what you think. You can tweet me at PandacastPod or Rainbow underscore Sarah, and be sure to check out the Nerd Rage Renegades. They are spend us stuff on Twitch a lot, on Twitter. We're on, I believe, Podbean, and now we are on Spotify. So we are trying to do an episode a week at this point, and it's going to be really exciting stuff. We talk about a lot of stuff over there. We talk about Bigfoot. We talk about movies. We talk about Disney Plus. We talk about wrestling sometimes, but I do try to keep a lot of my wrestling content for this, this podcast because I like it. And that's all I have for this week. So the next one will probably be me and Spen doing a prediction show about something, but we will see what happens. So until the next one, I will see you guys later. Bye. Oh.